0: We need you here. It does get better. I swear to God, it gets better, but it only gets better if you keep moving forward.
1: I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short and to stop sitting it out and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you leave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek. That is what we truly want. And we absolutely are here to serve the world and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here.
2: Let's dive in. Thanks to ButcherBox for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home. All meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members two New York strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free in your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash dreamjob. Also, thanks to Indeed. My team is a small business and every single hire needs to be just right. That's why I'm working with Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash dreamjob. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. In 2021, loungewear isn't just for lounging. It's for everything. This means you need to have loungewear for every occasion. It's time to go pro with Tommy John men's and women's loungewear. Right now, get 15% off Tommy John loungewear, underwear, and bralettes at TommyJohn.com slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So yesterday was Valentine's Day. And Today, Rachel Hollis is our guest, and I'm really happy that she's here today because we talked a lot about love, and we talked a lot about self-love, and we talked a lot about showing up in relationships and what makes them work and what makes them hurt. And It's interesting because Rachel was supposed to be on this show a couple other times, and once she couldn't do it, and once I couldn't do it, but she's here today. And this was the first time that we had met and I was just blown away with how real and honest and open she is. And I really, really like salute her for that. And um I think that you're going to be truly impressed and grateful to hear this conversation. If for some reason you don't know who Rachel is, she is a number one New York Times bestselling author. She's the founder of The Hollis Company. She started Rise and Start Today. She's a top ranked podcaster. She's a speaker. You probably know her books or you've read her books like Girl, Wash Your Face, Girl, Stop Apologizing. And we're also going to talk about her newest book, Didn't See That Coming. If that wasn't enough, Her podcast, The Rachel Hollis Podcast, is an awesome show for anybody looking for more purpose and meaning in their life. She interviews amazing people like we've had some on this show, like Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Matthew McConaughey, Donald Miller, Amy Porterfield. And not only has she built an empire, but she has four great kids and she has just continued to put one foot in front of the other. And her story is something It's brave, and it's big, and she's here to talk about it today, and I'm grateful. I admire her courage and her generosity. Without further ado, please welcome the very courageous Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm like, (laughs) I feel like you're my best friend, but we've never met.
0: What a sweet thing to say. Well, I am so happy to be here. Thank you for taking the time.
2: That's really... Generous. Um, No, I feel like, you know, when you, you see someone, you really see them. And I feel like a lot of people can really see you and you give so much. You're so unbelievably generous, constantly pouring yourself out to help this collective to rise. And I'm like, How many hugs could she possibly get today?
0: I miss hugs (laughs) so desperately. I honestly, when this pandemic is over, people just better get ready because I am going to be, like I'm going to be tackling people in the streets. I, I miss those connections so desperately, but I appreciate that you say that. It is absolutely my intention in life to put goodness and positivity out into the world. And I am... Typically, talking about or teaching the things that I have struggled with, or maybe even am struggling with in real time. So, I always feel like, well, if I need this, there's a chance that maybe she needs this as well.
2: Yeah. And I guess what I want to acknowledge is that once a person is where you're at and they're just like this famous person, it's really easy to not get how much they have overcome to be able to stand in that space. And you're a mom and you have four kids and you've written about all the things that you've gone through since you were itty bitty. And it's just like, let's just honor that. Thank you. So let's get into it for a second. So if people haven't read the books, then they're probably living somewhere deep in a cave under a rock. (laughs) But just in case, um, let's start with what are these big lies, right? When you wrote Girl, Wash Your Face, you wanted to help people stop believing things that they're constantly telling themselves. And that for sure is my audience. So what was it that made you want to write that book?
0: Well, you know, I wanted to talk about some of the hardest, like the hard fought lessons that I had learned as I was growing up or becoming a woman and, When I first set out to write those things down, I didn't realize they were lies. I just started to collect these really hard seasons that I had gone through or things that I had worked through in therapy or whatever. And as I started to write them, I began to see a through line. So my best friend, Sammy, always calls that making a connection. She's like, oh, you guys, I just made a connection between this and this. And for me, I made that connection of like, oh my gosh, all of these hard things that I went through or this tension that I felt always, always came back to a lie that I had believed about my life. But I didn't even know, like the language that I used when I wrote that back in 2017, I said, you know, these are the lies. What I would call that today, as I have learned and understood more is the paradigms that we are sort of um, born into or raised into or begin to believe. And I think we all have this, men and women, but women especially have all sorts of rules and things that we've been told by our family or by culture or society about how we're supposed to show up in the world. And I think that oftentimes our our toughest seasons are when like on some level, our spirit knows that this is wrong mm. for us, knows that this doesn't serve us, knows that we are meant for something greater or more, but you maybe don't even have the language for that, or you kind of don't understand why you feel this way. So, um, that, that was where it started and continues Ugh. to evolve from there.
2: It's so good. And, um, I don't know, i I think you probably know this place on site. It's in Nashville. It's oh like yeah, app. totally. So good. So I went there a year ago and I never, ever thought I was codependent because I'm like hyper independent. Like I never want right. to bother anybody. Da-da. Right. And then I was like, oh, I'm completely codependent because as a girl, I learned how to abandon myself so that everyone's okay to such an extent that like I'm setting myself on fire. I can come up with a thousand examples of times I was so uncomfortable and disassociating from whatever I needed because I thought this is how I earn love. This is how my role Let's talk about that because 88% of our audience is female. And I see that
0: consistently. So I, for the first time, i would had some people recommend it. For the first time ever, after I went through my breakup last summer, I read Codependent No More. And it was earth shattering for me. I thought that codependent means that someone is dependent on you. And I didn't understand this idea that you sort of are existing to like, you're propping someone else, you're making sure they're okay. You're, and not only that, not only how that manifests in your relationships as an adult, but for me, it was really powerful to understand how I could track that back to my childhood and how I could understand that, you know, growing up with parents who struggled in the way that my parents struggled would mean that I would walk into a relationships as an adult with that narrative and that belief, like I'm incredibly high capacity and I can fix it and I can solve it. And I do. And um, I've done that a lot. And I, not only did I realize how that manifested in my relationship, but I also was able to see how that manifested in what I do for a living. Like, Oh, you had parents who really struggled in these ways. And now you've devoted your life to trying to give people the tools to make change so that they can get better It's sort of like you couldn't save and fix mom and daddy. So like, could you do that for millions of people, you know, who read your books? Um, But that was wildly powerful for me to understand, again, that pattern that I had fallen inside of. And if we don't have anything that kind of shakes us loose of the pattern or makes us rise above it and see what's happening, we'll just continue that for the rest of your life.
2: So I feel like so many of those lies, right? And so much of it is like, who I need to be for somebody else, right. Or I'm not enough. And if I do this, I will be. And like a lot of that's in the book in other ways you're saying it, saying the same thing in another way. So how do we begin as women to come back home to ourselves and allow other people to have their side of the street, like, but feel at least like you took care of yourself
0: that you lived an authentic day. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so interesting. I have this like incredible perspective right now, because I've just gone through a divorce and I've gone through a divorce with someone that I met when I was 18 years old. I'm 38. My so God. I really became, and, and, and if people don't know my story, I'm still to this day, never been on a date with anybody, except the person <laughs> I married. Like I am so inexperienced and what I have found there's like a beauty, there's such beauty in our story and our relationship and what we were together. And there's also, and I know this is a lot of women's story. There's also something, I don't know the word, uh, dangerous is what's popping in mind, but that's not, that's way too harsh oh, for remember. what I'm saying is like, when you truly become an adult while in relationship with someone else, it really does form your sense of self oh. only in relation to to someone else. Yep. Now, maybe that would be different if I, like, if I had met him when I was 30 and we got together, I would know who I was, I hope. But at 18, going on a first date at 19, like, there's no way. Of course. And what I find right now is that, you know, most of last year was just really hard, really awful like, on the floor. But when I started to kind of come up For air and started to feel like I was healing, and I, you know, did 10 million hours of therapy and all of that stuff. What I began to discover was me. And I really was surprised because, I mean, if you know my brain, I am like, I am a strong, I am badass. Uh Like, I know all the things, but there were so many parts of myself that I was like, oh, I forgot I loved that. I forgot I hated that. I forgot that I used to want this dream. And to no fault of his own, this is just sort of how it was, at least in our relationship, codependence, is if he didn't like something, I stopped liking it. Like, this is so silly, but I'm gonna give you a really good example. I was making tuna salad yesterday and I love fresh dill, (laughs) it's one of my favorite herbs. And I got the dill out to add it to the tuna and immediately I stopped myself because he... Hate still hates the flavor. And I love the flavor and I never used it in cooking. This is so dumb because it didn't even occur to me that, oh, you could do that because you like it. Like you didn't have to sort of change yourself for that person. And maybe people listening to this would roll their eyes at that, but you lose yourself in a thousand little ways. It just made me
2: cry because it's so easy for people to look at someone, especially when they're famous and just have all these opinions. And it's like, it's just the dill, but it's a thousand ways yes.
0: in which you would just say, bye, Rach. Like, right. Yeah. And that's not okay. Right. And I'm sure men too, but I think women do this all the time. And it was just a being, having so much time alone because he has the kids for half a week and I have the kids for right, half a right, week. Right, right, right. And... So when the kids aren't here at first, cause I got my house in like last June. And when I first experienced, you know, co-parenting joint custody, the kids would leave and I would be inconsolable. Like I would just be on the floor. Cause I'm like, I've never been, I mean, if I would go on vacation or a business trip, but I had never been away from my kids. And so I didn't know what to do with myself. And I wallowed in that for, for several weeks. And then I was finally like, you know what? How many freaking moms wish they could have a Sunday to themselves? Oh my God,
2: please. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? like
0: if this is your, re- this is your reality. So you like, can sit here and cry about this, or you can be grateful for the goodness that's in it. And in that, like getting okay with the fact that I would have time by myself, I met myself again. Yeah, And I just, I can't tell you how many things I remembered. So what you started out by asking is like, how do people, you know, come back to the sense of yeah. self? And yeah. I think it's like really getting back in touch with who were you before you were theirs? Who were you before you were that person's partner? Who were you before you were their mama or even their friend? Like, who were you? Because she is still there. And that who we were when we were younger is so formative in how we show up today yeah. and just kind of relearning those things that you used to love and that you love because you're into it. And it doesn't matter if anybody else gets it. So that's a big way. And I'll just say tactically, cause I love tactics. I do a lot of journaling and I know there's a bunch of different ways to kind of learn yourself. And maybe I love that method because I'm a writer but that really helps me get my thoughts sort of poured out on paper and I can kind of separate myself from them. So I do a lot of journaling. If if anybody listening has never read The Artist's Way, which is like 25 years so old. Yeah. Um, but there's this practice of doing journaling every single morning, really simple stuff in that book, but I highly recommend that of, of just for me, journaling forces me to slow down mm-hmm. and be aware. Mm-hmm. And we can't really know ourselves if we're not aware of what do you love? What do you hate? What are right. you interested in doing? Right. Um so that that's what it looked like for me. So
2: good. Yeah, we had Julia Cameron on the show. Oh, she, love her. She's so cute. Yeah. And I just also wanted to say as we sort of close out this piece of the conversation is that I remember in early 2000s when Al Gore and Tipper Gore got divorced. And I was like I don't know, 21 or something, but I remember this letter she wrote to the New York times and she said, we've been married all these years. If you would have been at a job for two, three, four decades and made beautiful children, right? right, People be like, that was amazing. We're going to throw you a party. She's like, instead people are like, Oh my God. Oh my God. This failed. That's a disaster that she's like, Al and I made the most beautiful 40 years of our life, have the most incredible kids. And now we can be like, not that, but something else. And you would right. think that people could honor, right? Like that is a success, right? It's Amazing. Like, I just wanted
0: to add that to the conversation. Thank you. Yeah. I never realized, cause I used to do this too, that we really give credit to relationships based on length, not on quality. That's so dumb. It's so dumb. And we all right now know people who have been together forever and their relationships miserable. And yet we would celebrate like, oh, 30 years of marriage or whatever. I believe my, my marriage was an incredible success. Yeah, we was. have made beautiful things. We helped each other to grow. We have these four Immensely. awesome kids. Oh my gosh. And so what everybody else perceives of that, whatever. A hundred percent. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I, I guess I would speak to anybody who's going through not just a divorce, but also a relationship of any kind. I think that it's meant to be what it was. I really do live my, my life believing that things happen as they're meant to. And so I don't hold very tightly to what I think things are supposed to be because I think that that just creates unnecessary pain. So it was exactly what it was meant to be.
2: Beautiful. Agreed. I'm so happy that we at least got to say that on this show. And I'm sure (laughs) you've said it a million other times.
0: Um, So moving
2: on to, of course, it's so hard to talk about three of your books in this short time, but one piece I think we could talk about from Girl Stop Apologizing, which I think it's at the root of everything poisonous is shame. I think shame mm-hmm. is like, ugh, like regret is so healthy. Oh, I want to be constructive and fix, but shame. And so in this book, you literally say it's a shame-free plan for embracing and achieving your goals. But what does that mean to you? Where does shame show up, do you think, for women? And how is that dangerous? And how can we welcome all parts of ourselves so that this 20-town brick is not carrying on our back?
0: I'm probably going to misquote it, but Brene Brown has this quote that I love that says something like guilt is the feeling that you did something wrong. And shame is the feeling that you are wrong, Mm -hmm. like that there's something wrong with you. Wow. And that always resonated with me so much because I feel like most women, when they don't meet whatever invisible standard, you know, the world or themselves have set for themselves, they feel like there's something wrong with them. They're not like, oh, I didn't do that. They're like, oh, I knew it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not young enough, old enough, thin enough, whatever it is. And so we allow that feeling to control what comes next. I think shame is something that is used by a, for a lot of us by parents, by our family of origin, maybe by partners in the past to control us. And then we allow that shame that we manifest ourselves to control our actions too. And the reason I wanted to call it shame-free was because so many women, like I tend to attract women who have big dreams, who are ambitious, who are extra, who have bright lights to shine, and they struggle with what other people think of them for that. What does their mother-in-law think or their partner or kids or friends or whoever. And so they stop themselves from trying or putting themselves out there for fear of what's going to happen if they do. And it is, a, it is not a light switch, at least for me. I wish that it's something that we could just kind of flip off and then those feelings never pop up again or that negative self-talk never shows up in your life. But what I found is it really is a process of learning yourself, learning your triggers, like what's going to set you off and learning how to navigate around them. I actually made a big decision yesterday. I haven't told my team yet and I haven't announced this publicly, but I made a big decision yesterday that I am going to shut off all comments on all my social media platforms forever. Um, And I made that decision because I have spent so much time working on not caring what other people think and not hearing that negative voice. And I I've done so much work on this. Like, I don't know if anybody has worked as hard on this topic as I have, but I've noticed this shift in the last year, especially, and I don't know if it's because people are at home or they have more time. There's so much vitriol in the comment section. And truthfully, what I have done for the last year is like when I happen to see something and like, look, if I say something stupid or ignorant, it is yes. to be like, girl, we don't say that. That is you don't, whatever. And I'm like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you for that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about me posting a picture of like a tree Uh, and some, someone being like, you're ugly, go die. Like you would not believe the comments, like the things people say. And what I've gone to do is I will go look at people I admire. I'll go look at The Rock or, you know, Lizzo or Reese Witherspoon or just different people. And I'll scroll until I find people saying hateful things to them. And I'm like, oh, see, look, this is the price of admission. This is how the internet works. It is what it is. And I had this like epiphany yesterday. I thought, if my kid was being bullied, Right. I would not tell them to go find another kid getting bullied to know that that was normal and okay. No freaking way. And it really is like social media has become this thing where it's like you're coming into my yard, you're coming into my house and being like, "I right, this is ugly. I hate this house." Right. I would never. <laughs> you know I mean? It's crazy. And as a creator it does begin to affect what you put out in the world. hundred percent. You know, you control your message. You don't say the same things. Like I have found myself, I'll just like put an emoji. I will say nothing. And I found myself doing that. I am a writer and I'm not writing because I know that someone's going to find something in that to hate on. And then other people will try and come to my defense. And then it becomes, it's crazy. And I know that there are people who don't have comments on like Taylor Swift doesn't have comments yep. on anything she yep. does. And I feel like I've hesitated to do it because I, I'm like, no, you're strong enough. Like you got this, you can take this. And I just had this like thing yesterday where I thought, no, yeah. no, if you want to hate me, awesome. You don't get to do that in my space. Yep. So this is sort of the boundary. This kind of going back to that idea of codependence is if you were raised in a certain way, if you were raised to be a good girl, if you were raised to be pleasing to others, if you were raised to make sure that you got good grades and the teachers liked you and mom and daddy were proud, this ends up manifesting in how we show up in other places. And we believe that on some level, you deserve to get to say those things about me. Oh, did I not show up in the right way? Oh my did my God. hair not look good? Did my, was my outfit not right? And I don't normally review comments. But the other day I was, I was in there because I just wanted to write back. People were saying really sweet things. My son had done an episode of a yeah, show so with me. He he's so, yeah, he's so cute dude. and he was so proud of himself. So I was going in to just like say thank you because people were being so sweet. And someone was just like, literally who do you think you are? Like, what are you even doing? You're trying to do, now you have a show and then you're this, and then now you're a writer and you're, and it was, and then other women were like, finally, someone said it. Who does she think she, and I was like, I, you know, blocked because I'm just like, get out of here. But at the same time, I thought, man, if I create content that you don't like, unfollow me. That's it. But the fact that you would follow me just to say hateful things, I'm continuing this paradigm. So true. That you get an opinion here. It's and so that you true. can shame me into silence or that you can shame me into not posting. And so I feel like honestly, I'm gonna sound I'm gonna pull a soapbox, but I feel like as <laughs> a, as a society, we have got to start saying this is not okay.
2: It's not okay.
0: It, it's not okay. It no. is it is so awful. Like, I love Liza; She's one of my favorites. Yep. And she posted this thing the other day. She was like getting ready to go to the gym. And she was like putting a wig on. It was so funny. And she's clearly trying to do something, put it out in the world, trying to make people smile. And I can't even believe the stuff people wrote. And this wasn't like you had to scroll down. This was just one after another, after another about her body, about what she needed to look like, about girl. It's not okay. And it's we accept okay. it. We accept it and say that this is what social is. And I just, no. Yes, yeah, no, it's so cruel. Well, and it's like, I just hit a point where I was like, you know what? I've done all the work oh on God. me that I need to do. I, I cannot tell you how many times I have prayed I, with a therapist, just like, what am I meant to learn? Why am I getting this? Why did I see that comment? Like, what was I supposed to learn from this? Uh, and I'm like, maybe what I'm supposed to learn is to stick up for myself. Yeah. Boundaries. Because- Because the truth is, as someone with a platform, and if you're listening to this right now, I'm not just talking about the platform I have. I think that someone who has 500 followers on social media probably gets this. Or maybe you're just posting on your personal Facebook page and your Aunt Mildred saying something crazy to you. Like, we all have our version of this, and it is not our job to accept that. You can think whatever you want, you can write whatever you want, but you're not going to do it in my space because as a person with a platform, I can't defend myself. I can't go in and clap back at you because no, you I'm going to start a
2: war. Oh, no, no, no. And
0: so yeah. it's like, I just have to take this. No, no.
2: Well, I love that you're gonna hopefully start like a beautiful trend for so many of us. I think I, that's I really that refreshing because I feel sometimes that the creator is being taken hostage because you can't yeah. say anything. You're just like nothing. Okay, nope. And I just spent a week with Joe Dispenza. And everything is a freaking hologram. So right. all of that negativity, that's their projection. Like right. and and yes, it's so damn easy to be threatened by you because going back to the shame. You've allowed yourself to show up when you're sweaty, in your van, crying, snotting, talking about all the things, your period, your kids, whatever. That is literally the brightest shining light that broke through any cloud. And do you know how much that hurts a person who does not want to let go of their shame? It's like, that makes me know that I actually could and I can't. How dare she? How dare she
0: just allow herself to be who she is with all the brokenness? Right. My best friend talks about this a lot. My best friend was a pastor of a mega church and um, came out and wrote an incredible book called Worth It, which everyone should go grab. Um, (laughs) And she talks about this idea that when you experience freedom, when you have this freedom to be yourself, some people see that as a light and, and an example that they also can shine. And some people do feel threatened because even if they're not aware of it, subconsciously, it reminds them that they're still stuck or they're still in chains or they're still not free. And so what they do is I have to break this down or show you how you're wrong or make you feel Mm -hmm. bad. And I don't even think it's a conscious thing, to be honest. I just think that this is normal. And truthfully, I think it's just as hurtful for the person who's writing it. Like, man, if I can't have social media without you, Karen, feeling the need to be me, <laughs> then great. Yeah. I'm going to take this away because also this isn't a good thing for your heart. Like you are creating this reality that people are mean and awful and out to get you and yeah. lying and whatever you it's like, it, it's just crazy.
2: Yeah, it is. And that's really, really empowering. This conversation is so good, but before we keep going, let's just thank our sponsors. In 2021, loungewear isn't just for lounging, it's for everything. This means you need to have loungewear for every occasion. It's time to go pro with Tommy John men's and women's loungewear. In fact, their loungewear is so comfortable that you end up doing everything better. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers, they have fanatics. Say goodbye to whatever you were wearing last year and start lounging like a pro with Tommy John. It's guaranteed to fit perfectly with comfy, non-piling, micro-modal fabric, which means no lint balls or fuzz, and luxuriously soft tri-blend fabric with four-way stretch. It's the same level of comfort and innovation that goes into everything Tommy John makes, including over 13 million pairs of Tommy John underwear. I got their loungewear and it's super comfy and soft. I feel like I'm sleeping on a cloud. The material is really light and breathable. And sometimes I'll just wear these clothes throughout the day because it makes me feel so relaxed. Returns and exchanges are free. And right now you're going to get 15% off your first order at tommyjohn.com slash dream That's 15% off Tommy John loungewear, underwear, and bralettes at tommyjohn.com slash dream Tommyjohn.com slash dream See site for details. When I get groceries, I can't always find the high quality meat that I want. And if I do, it's always really expensive. And there's such a limited selection. Luckily today's sponsor butcher box believes everyone deserves high quality humanely sourced meat butcher box. Couldn't be easier. Just sign up, select your box and they ship it right to your door every month. And when you sign up now, you get two New York strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free. Who doesn't love free steak night? All meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones, and each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. That ends up being just about $6 a meal. It's such a no-brainer. Butcher Box is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. I got their wild salmon delivered, which saved me a trip to the grocery store, and my kids loved it, so we had tons of leftovers we could eat for the rest of the week. Not only is it super delicious, but it's also such a time saver. For a limited time, ButcherBox is offering new members two New York strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free in your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash That's butcherbox.com slash to get two New York strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free in your first box. So then you went ahead and did it again. It's like already the coolest, hardest thing in the world to write a New York Times bestselling book. And then you're like, I'll just do it three times because why not? I've already done it once, whatever. So then you write a book in the middle of a pandemic, you come up with another book. So didn't see that coming. Like the perfect title. I'm sure by now everyone's like, we read it. We heard it. I'm like, all right, well, this is when she was on the show. So we're going to talk about it again. So... Let's talk about why you felt the need to, write. clearly something was so on your heart to write this in the middle of everything that was going on. What inspired it? What did you want people to get from reading it?
0: So I was in the midst of editing a book I had already written, which is interesting. Cause I don't know if that book will ever like come out now. Cause it just feels like something other, but I was in the midst of editing that and in March of 2020 and I tend to write with a lot of humor and a lot of irreverence and be silly. And I was editing this thing, which was like so funny and felt so wrong. Like I just, especially back in March, we were all so scared and we didn't know what the heck was going on and it was supposed to come out at the end of the year. And so I was like, there's no way. There is no way that I can bring this out into the world and have it feel appropriate. And so I talked to my editor and I just said, man, I don't know about this. She was like, okay, well, what would you want to write? And I said, let me just kind of, you know, peck some things out and kind of see what's here. And I wrote, which I don't, is not the beginning of the book, but there's a part where I talk about what's good will always be good. And I wrote that. I started with talking about my grandparents and remembering these like beautiful times from my childhood, which is one thing that I loved about 2020. 2020 is the hardest year of my life, but it forced me to slow down And in that pace, I really did come back to myself on so many levels. And um, I started writing that and I realized, man, I got a lot of stories about how you live through hard things. And I knew that people were about to live through something really hard. We're still in the midst of what that is. And I think the ramifications of this will continue to exist for us for a long time. So I just wanted to write about that because, you know, nobody had answers but there were answers for how to deal with side effects. Like nobody would know how to deal with a pandemic in 2020, but there is a lot of information about how you deal with anxiety, stress, fear, guilt, loss, like all of it. And so I just, that's what I wrote. And I'm really proud of that book. When I started it, had no idea that I would be editing it and have my marriage fall apart. Um, And I'm really proud of myself for, continuing and to keep going which felt like how am i going to put this thing out people know that i'm going through this thing and now i'm talking about how to go through hard things it just was like so much but i'm proud of myself for doing it
2: it's amazing it's super brave it reminds me of the of a book that john zinn entitled full catastrophe living and there's something about showing up for it all even the hardest things that can be the best year ever. Um, And it just made me cry when you said that the way you said that, which is the good will always be good. Mm -hmm. You know, like that doesn't go away. Right. And also just like coming home, slowing down enough to like, feel your freaking feelings. It's like, we're all moving so fast that the Mm -hmm. things that we've all been through and we're like, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. I'll just watch Netflix more. I'll just scroll my phone more. It's like, you're not freaking fine. Mm -hmm. And maybe this year you're a little more fine because you allowed yourself to not be. Yes. And that's what you've made
0: space for, for all of us. Right. I was not okay. And it was the first time in a decade that I didn't show up regularly for my online community I wasn't present on social media for two months, which was maybe people listening to this are like, okay, but if you do what I do, it was a pretty big deal. And I, I really do want to put goodness and positivity and light into the world. Now I didn't have any light to offer the only like joy that I had went to my kids. That's what they got. They got the joy. And then when they weren't here, I was on the floor and that was what I needed. And I allowed myself to really hold those things. And I came into this year. I I was just telling my best girlfriends this the other day. I've been trying to identify this feeling because I am so energized and hopeful. And and it's I'm still, you know, here working on that. <laughs> things are still hard. Like it's not like we waved a magic wand and it suddenly got easier. I was trying to identify it and I was like, I feel like I had a near-death experience. My best friend Beans was like, oh, it's like that scene in a movie where you start to step off the sidewalk, but you stopped yourself and then all of a sudden a bus drove by and you realize like, oh my gosh, this life is so precious. And every single piece of this I appreciate. And I'm so grateful for stuff that like me of 18 months ago would not have been this excited that I just got a new puzzle to put together with my kids. Like we are about to do a cactus puzzle. We are so excited. (laughs) Like I would never have appreciated getting to spend time with my best friends. Like my girlfriends, I have three best girlfriends that are my rock. They're like my people. I didn't get to see them for four months because of quarantine. And the first time that we saw each other again, we like, we all quarantined. We got tested multiple times. And the first time we all got to be together and like hug each other, we were bawling. Yeah. And like, man, I never knew there was going to be a time where I didn't have the ability to hug my best girlfriends. Right,
2: right, right. So
0: I just feel like I came into this year. Like I appreciate life in such a way Absolutely. that I didn't before.
2: Absolutely. So What's one thing, because you absolutely are right when you say you knew some things about going through hard stuff and anyone who knows a little bit about your childhood knows how unbelievably impossible some of that was and look at you. So what would you wanna tell people who are going through it right now? And it might not even be COVID. It might be losing someone to something else. It might be job loss. It might be what is something you know that they might be able to take with them for getting through that?
0: I'm going to go with my gut, whether this resonates with everybody or just the one person that it's meant to. We need you here. It does get better. I swear to God, it gets better. But it only gets better if you keep moving forward. I have, um, I lost my older brother to suicide. And so it's something that is incredibly close to my heart. And I have lost a lot of friends, acquaintances in the last year, especially. This is especially hard for our teenagers because they are so isolated and many of them are isolated or in quarantine in homes that maybe don't accept and love them for who they are. And so they feel more alone than ever. Um, I swear to God, it gets better. Whatever it is you're going through if you can just stay here, if you can just hold on, if you can just get through one breath and then the next, and then the next. Um, I always think with my brother that he made um, a split second decision that was a permanent solution to a temporary problem, right? And he struggled so much And I am so grateful that he is not in pain anymore, but I also imagine a life that he could have had. And so the resources are out there, the friendships are out there, the people who love you, the the pieces that you need. I believe in my heart that you're here for a reason and you got to stay with us.
2: It's so beautiful that that was your answer, because I often say that the opposite of depression is not happiness, but purpose. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do this show is because I think people don't feel seen and they don't, they feel invisible. I went to New York four times to see Dear Evan Hansen. It's like my, the greatest show ever. And it's all about a kid who commits suicide. And at the end of the day, people, when they ever ask me, why do you do this show? I'm like, for that reason, like, oh, I didn't get that from the show. I'm like, no, that's it. Because there's a quote, you know, all men lead lives of quiet desperation. And what you just said is we need you here. That was your go-to response. That is so powerful. That's all that needs to be said. You are needed here. Mm -hmm. I think, Rachel, people don't think that they're needed. I think that they very quickly compare themselves to the 14 other people on the internet that they looked at yesterday and say, I'm not needed because she's right. better and she's prettier and this. And therefore, I can't get through hard things because I don't feel a sense of purpose. I don't right. know that there's four people who need me. The right. fact that that was your answer it speaks volumes about you. So, as we're sort of ending, one of the other things that you do in the ending of this book is you talk about reimagining the future, right? So, like walking from that. Is it possible? Can we find a way to give what gifts we have? Are we needed? And can we find a way to actively be needed? How do we do Absolutely. that?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I this is like all everything that I do. It's like I it's exactly what you said is I feel like we have this potential, we have these gifts, we have these things inside ourselves, but we compare how we can do that thing with somebody else, right? Well, I can't do it this way or whatever. I have the sweetest woman who cleans my house once a week. Shout out to Sherry. Thank you. Um, So she's in our bubble. I did it for several months. I'm be honest. I was like, Sherry, I need you in this bubble, girl. I need some help. So Sherry was here the other day and she was cleaning. We always chat. And I was teaching her about love languages. Of course you were. You're like, (laughs) Sherry, sit down have some so, talent. This is I'll talk to, I'll talk to a barista I'll, I'll talk to anybody so i saw this thing on on instagram and i wish i could remember like it was it was served to me it wasn't like a person i follow so i don't know who that said this first okay. so this is not my thing but someone just asked a really simple question they said do you ever love yourself in your own love language and my mind exploded i was like right. what what yes which is like, if y'all listening, if you know, love languages, we all have them. And this is how we love others and how we hope others love us. But I've never thought of that. So mine for the longest time was words of affirmation. I feel like it shifted to acts of service. And so I was just talking through this to Sherry. And I said, well, Sherry, what's your love language? And she said, I think I would be physical touch. She's like, I love hugging people. I miss it so much. And we start talking, I'm like, oh, okay, well, just so you know, you know, is it a massage? Is it a bubble bath? Is it like things you could do for your physical body that you would be loving yourself? And as we're chatting, she's saying, yeah, you know what I always wanted? And she tells me this dream that she had, that was like sh- this thing that she wanted to do in the world. And it was working with people through physical therapy and all of this stuff. And I was like, oh, why don't you do that? Right. Mm-hmm she's like oh you know I'm older now and like what and I'm like no no absolutely not at the very least I was like at the very least Sherry have you ever thought about volunteering because she was talking about doing things with um, patients who are older I'm like how many I mean right now things are different but freaking a I bet like you could do zoom calls with people who are in a nursing home right now and they would be so ecstatic right and then you already have a relationship so when pandemic ends now you've got this existing thing and you can go in and you like, if this is on your heart, I literally said this to her. I'm like, I believe that when we have those callings on our heart, that is God or the universe, whatever you believe in telling you what your purpose is. So it doesn't have to be this like, yeah. Cause she was like, well, I would have to go to school. But I'm like, no, you have a heart to show up for people in this very specific yeah, community. Exactly. You could be doing that by the end of the week, yeah. like pandemic yeah. or not. Yeah. So I think it's like, focus on what, not how if you get your what and then you immediately jump into all the hows, you will talk yourself out of it. Yeah. Well, how would I do this? And what would it look? No, 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 no. Let the what become so big and so like bright and exciting and beautiful that you just jump mm-hmm. into any way to achieve that quickly, as opposed to having to be a certain way, or I've got to have a degree or I uh, mentor a lot of women who own small businesses. And I was talking to a mentee today and she was like, well, I would love to have that for the business, but I'm not a certified this. And I feel like I'd have to go back to, and I was like, no, we just, girl, I'll make two phone calls and we'll have some, (laughs) you can freelance, you can hire someone on a contract. They will certify this for you. You can say certified by a blah, blah, blah. I just think that we make it a lot harder than it is. And so if you have a calling on your heart, an idea, and ladies, let me just say this, because oftentimes women will only chase something if they can convince themselves that it will benefit others. Let me say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) Women will only chase something if they can convince themselves that it will benefit others. I cannot tell you how many times I sit down with these small business owners who are building like incredible things. And they'll be like, yeah, you know what? I want to be able to do this so I could just give back to my community. I want to be able to do, and that may be true, but it's also okay if you want to do something because it lights your heart on fire. Exactly. It's exactly. okay if you want to do something because you think it's pretty or fun or interesting, yeah. or it doesn't always have to be for the greater good of everyone around you.
2: Oh my God, I know. I
0: have a couple more things I want to ask you, but first we'll just
2: take a quick ad break. Podcasts are small businesses, and when it comes to hiring, every single hire needs to fit just right. That's why I want to talk to you about Indeed. Indeed Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed does the hard work for you. It searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. This way you can do the part you really need faster, which is meeting and hiring the right people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist without the wait. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time, and you only pay for what you need. And with Instant Match, you see a list of great candidates right away. In fact, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Do you want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash DreamJob. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash dream job, indeed.com slash dream job offer valid through March 31st terms and conditions apply. Just to follow up with what you just said, I think what people could use from you, because this is the, it always comes back to imposter syndrome in my audience. And what really is behind that is I will not allow myself to make anything that's not perfect. So I can't start. Like people need from you, Rachel, if you believe this, which I imagine you do, people need permission to, to be messy, to make something mediocre, to start, to iterate. How do they
0: do that? Otherwise they don't ever even begin. Right. Well, here's the thing. If you admire me, my career, my books, my podcast, anything that I do in my life, please know that I trudged through 15 years of garbage to get where I am today. And I'm not saying garbage created by others. I am (laughs) talking, I put out so much crap, so much crap. And the thing is, when you start anything new, you are going to suck. That is without question, you are going to suck. So it really comes down not to, do you want it enough? It's, are you willing to suck for as long as it takes you to become better? Are you willing to suck? Like people are not afraid of failure. People are afraid of others watching them fail. Totally. Which is about your ego. It's not about your work. It's not about your creative process. This is your ego talking. And this goes back to that idea that most of us are raised from the time we're little girls to be perfect. Is your hair okay? Is your body thin enough? Did you dress right? Did you So that it shows up in our creative process or the businesses that we want to make. Allow yourself to be crap. Like when Girl, Wash Your Face got so huge, everyone was like, oh my gosh, your first book. This is, girl, that was my sixth book. Nobody cared about the books that came before that. Like you're going to have to suck. And look, imposter syndrome, I feel like everybody doesn't know what they're doing until you get to a place where you're like, holy crap. I totally know what I'm doing, but it took 15 years, 15 years of sucking and failing and realizing that even if it was bad, I could count on myself. I can count on myself to figure it out. I can count on myself to fix it. It's going to be bad and then it's going to get a little bit better. And then it's going to be bad again, and then you're going to lose money. And then uh, people don't like it, but all along the way you're evolving and becoming what you want to be. I really do think that so much of success is a willingness to just stay in the game, man. I started this race with lots of other people, are not here anymore because they didn't like the flack and they didn't like the feedback and they didn't like not being perfect. So they just pulled themselves out.
2: Yeah. You know, this book, the Seth Godin book, the dip. I don't, it's like a 75 page book. It's like a pamphlet. It's not, it's amazing. It's all about how like you will hit the dip and most people hit it and they're out. Right. And he's like, no, no, the whole journey is about the dip. It's not even, it's like who you get to become by going through the dip. Right. So I want, To just ask you, where can people find you? And in that, I feel like you should at least get to mention this absolutely adorable piece of content, which is your new show that comes out Monday (laughs) mornings. What made you want to do this?
0: So I actually, that's an old school thing. So back in the day, I used to do this show. And honestly, even in the opening, we have like footage of the old stuff because I want, by the way, I want people to see where it started. Please go watch called rach talk. It's on my YouTube channel. Go watch it. If for no other reason, than you can see me back in 2016, 2017 with like orange hair, no eyebrows, crazy makeup.
2: You were so cute. I,
0: I was trying, I was trying stuff and figuring it out and like working through. And so it was this really popular thing that I used to do with my community back in my blogging days. And just for fun, I thought, let's bring it back. Let's just have something that is to entertain people. If you want life advice, read the books, listen to the podcast. This is truly just me trying to make you giggle. And yeah, it comes out Monday mornings on YouTube. And then I'm Ms. Rachel Hollis on all the social platforms. So pretty soon, uh, there won't be an ability to comment. (laughs) Just FYI. Get in there now.
2: Get in there now. Speak right, now or forever hold your peace. Exactly. Um, yeah. The show is absolutely adorable. And I love the pre-roll because I feel like you went from like Ellie
0: Kemper to Beyonce. You were like, oh, okay. Hello, everyone. And okay. now you're like, queen. There were some sure Ellie Kemper vibes. I never thought that, but you're absolutely right. God right. bless her. God yes. bless her. Everyone who's listening, obviously the
2: podcast and the show and the books, but also Rise Live Weekend.
0: Right. It's coming coming in May. It's the first time ever that my women's conference is virtual, which I'm genuinely excited about. Number one, because for the first time ever, women who haven't been able to come because of like childcare or travel get to experience this, it means that we'll have a global community instead of just a national one. If you've never seen Rise Conference, it's so much fun. Uh, we have a documentary on Amazon Prime. If you look up Rachel Hollis, Made for More, you can, you can find it there. And it'll show you kind of what it's all about. But um, yeah, I'm really excited. First time it's virtual. And we're going to do some fun stuff with video. And it's going to be a whole thing. So that's coming up in May.
2: You're a whole thing. And I think what's the most impressive thing about you is how generous, you have been over this last hour to me, like, this is your legacy. You're actually just a really good person.
0: Thank you. Like I'm, I'm striving every day to be the woman of my dreams. And that's the kind of person that is present. That's the kind of person that holds space. It's something that I've, I've learned to do over the last many years of, of getting to be in community with women. It's exactly what you said earlier that people don't feel seen. And so whether you're coming up to me at a grocery store or an airport or a podcast like this one, um, I want to hold space for that. And of course, you're just a chick like I am and we're just chatting. So I I meant what I said. I'm grateful for the time. You're
2: just so freaking lovable. That's what it is about you. (laughs) Like you're in the car today and you're like, Brad Paisley texted me. I'm like, you're forgetting that you're famous. Like you no, didn't, like what? the rock sent me alcohol. I'm like, no. of course he did. You're like, oh, it's so cute. You're like, look, this
0: person. And I'm like, that I love is, that. Honestly, when we, we did a lot of FaceTime live with him last summer, I think. And he was like, Hey, let me get your number. And, and I was like, okay, Brad Paisley. And I, sh- I saved it in my phone. And yesterday I was doing a podcast interview like this one. And I saw him, it popped up and I was like, what? <gasps> I know. And then it was like, Hey, I have this song. You want to hear it early? And I was like, what? Um, yes, I do. I do want to hear it early. What world is this?
2: I just love that you're like, you're officially for sure famous, like with the capital F and you're like, I'm look, look at Reese Witherspoon. like, she's watching you every day and like (laughs) wants to go to coffee tomorrow. And you're like, we're friends it's so cute.
0: Never lose that. Cause that's no, what, you're just no, it's been a really problems. long time. I, you know what, I'll tell you, this is a true story. I years ago, I mean, okay. It was when my, my oldest son was like four months old and we went on a first trip without him. And it was a business trip. My husband at the time was an executive at Disney. And this was back when corporations could still have big, you know, lavish yeah, uh, yeah. executive, whatever. And so it was in Hawaii and Dave had gone out there early. And then I flew out to meet him and then flying back together, we got to fly first class and he always flew first class. It was my first time ever. And we were riding in a limo from the hotel to the airport to fly home. And all of the executives were like, yeah, I mean, it's first class, but it's like the first class where it's like business seats really. And it's not really that nice. And, but, and they were like, and they were going off and I said something cause I am this person. And I was like, I hope to God that I never get used to first class. Like, I hope that I never say like, Oh, but it's not the nicer version oh of this. God. And I still have it. So I keep journals for all of my kids. And I wrote a letter. It was like the start of keeping journals. So I wrote a letter to my son who was four months at the time and told him the story and said, I never want this for you. My grandparents, who I like, was very close to, and I, they are still my angels, picked um, cotton and potatoes. And that's what I wrote to Jackson in that letter that day. Like, You stand on the backs of giants who literally broke their back with an eighth grade education so that you could have the life that you have today. And I will never take this for granted. And I never want to get used to it. And I think that I get to control that. Like I get to stay surprised and delighted by this life. I never, ever want to take for granted that someone that I admire and have seen in concert five times sent me a text. Like that'll never be normal.
2: Nope, it's not. And you're not normal. You're just so good. Thank you for being here.
0: So cool to connect with you. And Absolutely. maybe somehow one day we'll be in the same I quarantine. said to everybody now, and I'm like post-pandemic, man. You're one of those people I'm going to tackle with a hug. Thanks, Rach. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good day.
2: Oh my gosh. I probably could have talked to Rachel for another 24 hours straight. She's amazing. Here are the takeaways. Number one, letting go of shame is a process of learning yourself, your triggers, and how to navigate around them. Number two, it's not your job to accept negativity from other people. Stick up for yourself. You don't have to take this. Number three, what's good will always be good. Number four, you're here for a reason. We need you. It does get better, but only if you keep moving forward. Just get through one breath and the next and the next. You gotta stay with us. Number five, focus on the what, not the how. Let the what become so big and bright and beautiful that you'll jump in any way to achieve it. Number six, it's okay to do something simply because it lights your heart on fire. It doesn't always have to be for the greater good of everyone else around you. Number seven, when you start out, you might suck. Be willing to suck for as long as it takes for you to get better. You can count on yourself to figure it out. Success is the willingness to stay in the game. Number eight, we stand on the backs of giants. And now I want to announce the winner of today's giveaway winner. Remember, if you want to be entered into the giveaway, we have incredible swag for you. Some adorable hoodies and mugs and t-shirts. All you have to do is leave a review for the podcast, then take a screenshot and send it to me on Instagram at Kathy.Heller and post it in your Instagram stories. Tell people about the show and tag me there. Today's winner is RRG7PITT and they wrote, not by chance. I found Kathy's podcast within an hour of surrendering and saying to the universe, God, insert your word, that I need to get out of my job. As fate would have it, it was day three of her It's Your Turn challenge. I immediately binged the videos of day one and day two. I feel like I was divinely led to Kathy and I just kept saying, oh my God, yes. I have now joined Made to Do This and I'm already experiencing profound shifts. Listen, 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 and follow her. You won't regret it. That is so unbelievably generous. Thank you guys for your reviews. So if you want to be entered to win some adorable hoodies and t-shirts and mugs and all this fun swag we have for you, all you have to do is review the podcast and then post about the podcast and share your review on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller. Thank you so much for listening, by the way. I know that you're very, very busy. And I know that there's a lot of things that you could be doing. So it means so much that you spend your time here. I'm so excited for the guests that we have coming up and I don't want you to miss out. So make sure you do subscribe on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen and do leave a review if you want to be eligible for the giveaway. Also, I'm curious if this episode inspired you or touched you. And if so, is there anybody else who you think would benefit from hearing this do you know anybody who's a fan of rachel's or somebody who just could use this conversation if so post about this on your instagram and tag me at kathy.heller so i can repost it and tag rachel at ms rachel hollis so she knows this episode has made an impact on you i love you guys i'll leave you with a song of mine and i'll talk to you tomorrow the podcast is a production of authentic for more info on advertising in this show visit authenticshows.com.
3: Guidelines. I'm through Britannia. Pretend-